every life has a story. And every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story. They are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. Late last year, a car drove in our car park, inquiring about who's worshipping in this church. Little did I know that in the car was the man who was part of this church and had a massive impact and influence on the foundations over the years of this church. He came back to visit to see what's going on here. And he was absolutely delighted to see that there is a church, there is a Bible school, and there's some legacy that he's carrying on for years and years to follow. It was an absolute privilege for me to actually meet him. And tonight here at Kingdom Story, it is my pleasure to introduce to you John Friend. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. You just randomly drove by Nolamara and you decided to pull in the car park. It wasn't just random. We had an hour to waste. waste. To kill. <laughs> We're coming down from Joondalup to go to Menorah, Bethany on the park. Yes. To have a look at it. And coming down, I said to Ryan, well, what are we going to do for the hour? And we got down to the bottom of the road here. And I said, let's go and have a look. Yeah. And see what was going on, what was happening. So it was really by inspiration more than anything else. And I'd often been praying for the church through the years. Yeah. You, you never forget what you've done in different places. Of course. And so we came to have a look and we were pleasantly surprised. <laughs> It was beautiful. Mm. Uh, it was such a heavenly meeting. Mm. And um, you invited me into your own home, and I was there. And you passed on some books and some collections mm. of your magazines and a lot of Pentecostal heritage of our mm. city and uh, of our nation. I'm That's forever right. grateful for those. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm. My joy. Yeah. My privilege. My we, blessing. We will rewind the clock a bit before Nolamara. Mm -hmm. Where did it start for you? Were you born in Perth? Or? I was born in Melbourne, Coburg, Victoria. Okay. And uh, it's just 76 years ago. Only? <laughs> 1946. Just after the war. January. You're a true baby boomer. That's right. One of the first baby boomers. One of the first ones, yes. Yeah. Uh, and your parents were from England? No, my parents were Australian. Australian. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you grew up in Coburg? In Coburg? Uh, no. Um, we moved around a fair bit. Was your dad in the army? or My dad had been in the army, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, trying to reflect, you're going back a bit further than what I'd thought about. Um, if we pick it up, my mum and dad did separate. Oh. And so I had gone to um, England when I was about nine years of age. Yes. We spent some time over there with my grandfather and... On mum's side? On my mum's side, yes. And interestingly, my papa or grandfather was a caretaker in the Jewish synagogue. Oh. So I was exposed to that. He was working there? or He, he was, was working there, yes. And um, then we came back in about 1956. And by boat, of by course? By boat. Both ways? Both ways, yes. Do you remember uh, a bit of those journeys? Yes, I do. One of the most things... Stand, outstanding things was 
coming back on the Morton Bay boat in the Indian Ocean, I'd befriended the crew. Yes. And uh, would go down into the crew's quarters up yeah. in the bow of the boat. Yeah. And this particular day I'd gone up and it was really rough. Yes. And the ship was ploughing through the waves. And as, as it would go down, the water would come up over the right. front hold, running right across. And I mistimed it. And as I was running across the thing, the wave came over and swept me underneath the railings. Oh. And as I went under, I grabbed the rails like that and I'm looking and, and I couldn't get back because the, the water was coming. The water was coming, but also the boat was in my mid, back of, on my back. Momentum. I couldn't get back up. And a crewman saw me and he ran over and pulled me back on board. Wow. Otherwise, it would have gone over. So that was one of a number of life-threatening situations mm. or attempts. Did your parents know? What, uh, was I, your mum aware? I didn't tell them anything about that because they took me up into the corner, took all my clothes off to dry them out, gave me a blanket and, and some cheese and a cup of tea. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was quite good, I thought. You would have been, what, 12, 13? About, about 15. About, not, about 10, 11. Oh, 10, 11. Mm. Wow. Mm. Mm. Um, and then you came back to Perth? Or came back to Melbourne. Melbourne again. And then mum... Tried to make a go with that again, mm -hmm. didn't work out. So she left with me, and we came to Perth. Why Perth? As, as far away from that as she could. Okay. She's trying to disappear. So she drove. No, we came over by train. By train. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and settled here. We settled here, and, and it was you would here. have been a uh, fourteen, fifteen by then. About eleven, twelve. 12 okay. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was just sixteen. 17th of December, I was six, uh, 16 years of age when I found the Lord as my Saviour. In Perth? In Perth. So how did that happen? It was interesting. My mum, we lived in McGregor Street in Embleton, mm -hmm. and my mother kept saying, we, we should go to church, we should go to church. We weren't Christians at the time. And um, the pastors of Norman Smallcombe uh, put out a pamphlet, Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Sailor, Rich Man, Poor Man, Beggar Man, Thief. What will your child be? Wow. And uh, that really was the catalyst that made mum go to church. Yeah. I didn't go initially. And then um, just to keep the peace, you know, general mums. Yeah. Uh, Any siblings? I had a brother. Younger, older? Uh, I had a one year younger, and then my mum had another son 10 years younger than me. Okay. Mm. And uh, so with your younger brother from the same dad, yeah? Young, one year yeah. younger, same as the other one, not. Yeah. And then your mum... Uh, well, she gave her life to Christ. Church. Oh, she did first. Yes, first, and had a massive conversion, massive transformation. For her? For her. And then I went along to keep the peace. Made a commitment on the 17th of December and uh, rejoiced. And then um, what was interesting... Uh, following that New Year's Eve, we went along to a barbecue with the church. Yep. And Pastor Norman Smallcomb made a comment just before midnight. He says, I don't know about you, but I like to pray the New Year through. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And so everybody crowded into the house and into the lounge room. And, and um, 
I didn't fit in there. There was no, wasn't enough room. So I, I get into the passage and get down right down on my knees. Yep. And and um, he prays a prayer. It was a hot night. Windows were open, and I hear this wind blow through. Yes. And as the wind blew through the room, five people were filled with the Spirit and spoke in other tongues, as I know now. Wow. I didn't know what it was when I and and I, wow. But as that wind came through through to me, I felt like dewdrops falling on, on my back. Yep. And that was my first exposure to the work of the Holy yep. Spirit. And then following in the 26th of January, my 17th birthday, I was baptised in water but also filled with the Spirit. So just a month later from? No, December the 17th, January 26th. Wow. Mm. You gave Amazing, amazing. Mm. It was incredible. And so I, this I, was a Pentecostal church? Yes, Pentecostal as well. Yeah. Yeah. In morning. Yeah. And I didn't know what that was all about. You know, it just it was just... Even after it happened. Even after it happened, I thought, ooh, this is great. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. And the, what followed after that? Well, I, I continued pressing in, you know, reading my Bible, uh, praying, been a little bit frustrated by not understanding the Word of God properly. Um, and then I had heard of a Pastor Peter Wade who had a home Bible correspondence course. I started doing that. What were you doing? Did you finish year 12? Were you doing a trade? I, well, I did year 11, mm -hmm. and then I got opportunity to become a hand compositor, apprentice. A head? Hand compositor. Hand compositor. Printer. Oh, mm. arranging. My trade is obsolete today. Yeah, mm. very valuable back then. Mm. Yes. So you were doing the typesetting of the print. Yes, and and then what happened was uh, a bit later on, just before my 19th birthday, I, I really felt the call of God. It was just really strong. Jeremiah chapter 1 uh, is my call. Say wow. not I'm a child. And so at 19 years of age, I started Bible college in, in Brisbane. By correspondence or you moved there? No, I went there, moved there. For two years, I did the course. Where at? In in um, Graceful, Verney oh. Road, Graceful. What was it called? Commonwealth Bible College, Assemblies oh. of God. Yeah. And then when we finished there, I came back to here and pioneered in a church in Northern. In Northern? 21. Mm. Were you sent to Northern or? Just felt the call of God. Why Northern? Just felt that was what God wanted me to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, back then, Northern was more vibrant than it is today. It was a bubbly town that was happening. Was there mines or something nearby? Well, Northern is a central town to the Avon Valley. Yes. And so there's probably about 13,000, 14,000 people there at the time. Whoa. Mm. Mm. That's, that's a lot of people. Mm. Mm. So uh, a lot of Indigenous as well. Yeah, yes, yes. And uh, so at this stage, you hadn't made Lorraine yet. Oh, yes. You had? Um, I, I'd met her before we went to Bible college. I went one year ahead of Lorraine. So you met her here in Perth? In the youth group, yeah. Oh, at Morley? Mm. Oh, nice. And she was uh, a local girl? Mm -hmm. And you had your eyes open? Well, it was interesting. That was, again, an instant of prayer. <laughs> I was... Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... I had a couple of other girls that I was just interested, Easy. Easy. interested, yeah. yeah. And then I broke up with one. It was quite interesting, that one that I broke up with. 
The night I was going to ask her, can I give her a kiss, she broke it off. So I drove home to praise God, you know, that's, that's yeah. it. Okay, Lord. And then, was, I don't know how long, but I can remember a bit later praying. I don't know why, but I just felt that prayer. Lord, if you want me to have a girlfriend, put her in the car in my front seat Friday night. Amen. And guess what happened? You invited to take her home or something. My, my, my wife now, Lorraine, was put in the front seat of the car and then we travelled to another youth group. That was the start. Wow. You, think, did you know it at that time when you saw it in the, that you, your, your prayer was answered or not really? Well, I, I felt that God had answered prayer, so that I was happy. <laughs> and I think uh, a bit later on we went to another uh, house for a Friday night fellowship. So that must have been a bit after, but um, I, I then took her home. So she's giving me directions left, right, da, 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 da. and finally, I said, "Where do you live?" I I'd stopped in in the Guildford Road near the Maylands Primary School. Yeah, and she lives in Wembley. She got lost. Right. Yeah, she got lost. All right. <laughs> I had to drive all the other way to take her home. So, but that was good because yeah. then you know. Um, you found the, the way. Mm -hmm. And um, when you went to Bible College to Brisbane, um, how, how did she take that? Well, she was happy about that. So I was away for a year. She came. So my second year was she was in Bible College. Oh, she with came me. to study. And then I came back for one year while she finished her studies. And nice. then, of course, she was on the train. A lot of letters. A lot of, yeah, a lot of letters, yeah. Crazy ones. Yeah. You know, seal, swore, sealed with a loving kiss on the back. Nice. Perfumed with intimate perfume. Oh, wow. Or, or oceans of love and a kiss on every wave. Nice. O, O, U, A, K, O, W. Wow. Mm. Much better than emails yeah. and messages. Or, or a letter where, where it was in circles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. Mm. Well done. And so you came back, you established, you started planting that church in Autumn. Yeah, so there was an AOG church you yes, were planting in Autumn. Yes, yeah. There was no church there, no AOG no, church? No, no, So you went like a fresh, a fresh man, mm, ready to... Mm, mm. And where did you establish that? Did they find a hall? Or? We, we hired a St. John Ambulance Hall. Okay. It's, it's not used as the ambulance hall now, but we used that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We had a Sunday school, about 20 kids, 25 kids. Wow. The church, we saw about 20, 20 adults. Mm. Wonderful. Mm. And when did, so when Lorraine came back? Well, when she was coming back home after a second year, I went out to Grass Valley and climbed on the train and travelled from Grass Valley to Northern, which takes about 20 minutes. Okay. Just to ascertain if she was on the right wavelength with me. Ah. Mm. As she was coming by train back. Mm. And then you join on the journey all the way to Perth with her? No, to from Grass Valley to Northern for 20 minutes. That was it? That was it. And then I thought, yep. Just came. So when I met her again, which was in, oh, I'm not sure, probably the January, um, when I was in her house, I proposed to her. And she said, yes, which was great. Okay. And she said, oh, well, next year will be good. I said, 
April, Easter, or not at all. Oh. Determined. Mm. You were ready. I was ready. <laughs> she had always been ready, but she, wanted, she was waiting for you to be ready. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. And it did happen in April, didn't it? Happy Easter, April 13th. Wow. Uh, at Northern Morley here in town? In Morley here. At the church. Mm. And then you were, you went together to Northern. Mm. Wow. Mm. And what did Lorraine do? She worked in, in a uh, furniture shop. In Northern? Mm. Okay. And I did full-time work. I was a tent maker for the Lord. So, like Paul, making tents. I, I know there's a lot of tent makers, but what do you do with all the tents? Big question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I became, uh, I worked in the army camp. Yes. Uh, I, I was on the farms doing farm work. I went up to Indiaba and pushed the bush down wow. to create another farm. Yeah. Um, I worked in the water supply. As a meter fitter, mm -hmm. as a lube attendant, as a as a welder, I didn't last long on that one. No. Um, and then also I was in the um, Commonwealth Employment Office, which is Centrelink link to that. Yeah. And then I finished up in the uh, electoral office in in Northern, no. which later was transferred to Midland. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when the, did the children come along, Chris? About. Good question. About 12 plus months later. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. <laughs> uh, in Northern? Actually, yesterday was his birthday. Was it? Okay. Mm. Uh, so in Northern, mm. Chris was your firstborn. Mm -hmm. And then? And then um, five years later, Stephen. Nice. Mm. I'm not good with dates. That's all right. Yeah, I haven't forgotten my wedding date, but I haven't. The well, that's the most important. Mm. With with the rest, you can get away. Mm. So and uh, they uh, so they grew up um, in the country town. Went to school there. No, um, we're in what in uh, northern. I can't remember how long we moved from there to Wyala. Wyala, yeah. I actually I had been working in the Commonwealth Employment Office. And I was just prepared to ask for full time. And I went and I knocked on the boss's door. And as I did, I felt a check in my spirit. And, and he looked up and I said, oh, I'm going for lunch. And driving home, I felt to go to the post box. Yes. And in the post box was a letter asking us if we consider a call as a pastor for Wyala. And we really felt God was in that. So we took that up. Where is Wales? In South Australia. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, just for our listeners. Yeah. That's a, a big move. Mm. And what happened with the church in uh, Northern? You raised well, up some leaders? Uh, or? Well, what had happened, we, we handed it over. Um, that's another story. I won't go into that. No, no, but to locals? Or was no. it out of Morley that it was planted? They closed the church. Oh, they closed it mm. at Northern, mm. as you were assigned to Wales. And in Wyala, there was an existing church or planting? There was a, a, a mission, home mission work. Mm -hmm. mm. And uh, that was, was it for the region or for the town? Well, both. For, for both, yeah. But mostly uh, the town was about 46,000 yeah. people. 
people from all over the world, quite a number of um, nations represented. But we did reach out into um, Wilmington and Corn, which is just on the other side of Port Augusta. Mm -hmm. So it would take us about an hour's drive to go down there. So we would go down uh, the night, some midweek meetings, and try and establish something. And Wilmington and Corn, the people eventually moved to Port Augusta and asked to have a, a church established, which they did. Wow. AOG Church was established. So Wayala's on the west of that peninsula, isn't it? Mm. On the west side of the mm. peninsula. Mm. Yeah. Is it across sort of Port Pirie kind of way? Well, Port Pirie is further away. Oh, further away. Towards Adelaide. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I've, I've been around there, Port mm. Germain, Port mm. Pirie. Yeah, well, was four and a half hours drive from Adelaide. Okay. So you go through Augusta and it's on the other mm. side of the peninsula, yes, isn't it? Yes. Mm. And so the boys went to school there in Wayala? No, they were still young. They're still too young. Yeah. How long were you in Wayala? Two years. Only two years. Mm. And then? Well, what ha was interesting, um, in Wyala, we had a, a massive Royal Ranger program, mm -hmm. which with about 40, 50 kids. And in the, we were the largest in Australia. But the, the Adelaide group, there was quite a number of Royal Rangers down there. So we bussed them down to have a competition. Yeah. And, and at the same time, what occurred was the AOG called for the first time ever a general conference in Melbourne to discuss demons, dancing and prostration. Mm. And um, so I was on my way to Melbourne yes. and I stopped over at the camp and the football field where they were having their competitions. And what was interesting was... I'd gone out into the football oval just to meditate and pray about this coming general conference. Yep. And um, I, I, as I'm, I'm praying and meditating, I hear this voice, Rich Haven is your next pastor. Rich Haven? Yes. And I turned around to see who spoke. No one was around. And I thought, oh, Lord. But I've only been in Wyala such a short time. I hadn't been there very long in... And the other pastor, Pastor Tony Hello, had only been about the same time in Ridgehaven as me. And so I've kind of passed it off. Or... So where is Ridgehaven? Ridgehaven's in Adelaide. In town. Mm. And so what happened, We I went then to the general conference, Yep. came back home, and probably in about the October, November, we get a letter. But prior to that, I'm reading my Bible, devotions, and I get... Um, the servant of Abraham, I've been in the way the Lord led me. Yes. And it was so real. I thought, okay, Lord, I put myself in, in your way. I don't know what that means. Yeah. But I, I put myself in your way. And then there's the whistle. The postman dropped a letter off. And here's this letter, would you consider a call to Ridgehaven? Wow. So we, we really felt God was in that. So you moved into town. So we uh, resigned. Um spoke to the general superintendent, Pastor Des Penny, and he said, oh, who are we going to get for Wyala? And I'd already been praying, and I said, look, you know, you need to get him. And I, I'm just trying to think of his name. And he said, oh, he said he wouldn't go to a country town. I said, listen, get he, contact him yeah. again. He's the man. Wow. And so when we left Wyala, coming out of Wyala, on the way to Ridgehaven in Adelaide, we passed them. So the church was not without a pastor. Wow. 
Praise God. So that was a blessing. Yeah. And then we went to Richhaven, which was um, initially not a blessing. It Challenge was horrific. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's just all sorts of things came about. Um, uh, yeah, it's hard to explain. Mm. And so what happened in the first, we moved there in the March and um, we were praying and uh, you know, all the sorts of pressures against us. And then what happened in the November, there's this annual general meeting. And I've been praying about that, and I, I really felt uh, Rich having to come out of the Clemsic AOG, which is now Paradise. Yes. Um, and I, I felt I would like to honour Pastor Andrew Evans that, of that church. So I invited him up to the AGM to have communion with us as a congregation. Yes. And so that was good. He, he was early, so I was meeting him in the kitchen, and my church board came in, and the, oh, what's he doing here? And I said, well, I felt to ask him to come up to take com take communion. Well, you only have communion on Sundays, you know. <laughs> that's, the, that's the impression I got from them. Anyway, he took the communion and some 20 people refused to take communion. Mm. And I thought, oh, what's going on? And then we finished with communion. We're going to have the AGM. And I went to sit down in the chair. And again, I felt the Lord speak. And I said to Pastor Andrew, would you like to officiate? I'd like to, again, give you yeah. honour. He said, sure, I'll do that. So he officiated with the AGM. And after, when everything was closed and the folk had gone, he says, I saved your bacon. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? He said, well, they had a vote, a letter with a vote of no confidence. In you? On me. Yeah. He said, if I hadn't have been here, you'd have been out. Praise God. So we survived. <laughs> <laughs> And survived the turmoil, survived yeah. the, the thing, but then also it was just horrific. And then what happened? I started to fast and pray and ask God, what's, what's going on now? Well, what do I do? What can I do? Yeah. And um, what happened was it was interesting. I, I got a scripture, Romans 16, 20, God shall bruise Satan under his feet shortly. And I was, what's it mean? And then I've got another one in, in Luke's gospel. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Yes. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. And still I couldn't put anything to it. And I thought, oh, Lord. And I, I'd have been fasting and praying. And I'd go down to the church and, and you know, start to pray in tongues and be marching up and down uh, the thing. And what would happen is I'd find myself going like this. And then I wasn't happy with that. I would then... Stumping and clapping. And, and I'm thinking, oh, well, if people come through the door, I'd be an idiot. Yeah. So I put my hands in my pocket, yeah. And then I start praying and do exactly the same thing. This went on for some time, a couple of weeks, I think it was. And then one, about Wednesday, it was, I, I either had this vision or dream. And I, I, was, I came into myself in the pulpit, and then the, the congregation's there. And all the people disappeared and intertwined in all the seats and leering up here at me was a serpent. It disappeared and the people came back. And, and immediately I put what I was doing, the clapping and the stamping and the two scriptures, I put it all together and I realised what was happening. 
And so I thought, thank you, Lord. And so I went down that morning and, I mean, I started from up the back where the tail was and I worked through every chair, uh, stamping and stomping and clapping and praying in tongues and, and then up to the pulpit, breaking it. And then the following Sunday, we had one of the guys, Arthur, he'd been doing a fast lunch and breakfast for 40 days. Yes. And he came after the service to me and said, Pastor, what's happening in our church? I felt something wrap itself around my legs this morning. <laughs> and I said to Martha, just agree with me. I know what's happening. Yeah. And um, the following week, um, I continued doing what I was doing. And then I'd had to discipline a, a fellow in the church and he'd brought his wife with two others who'd been disciplined in another church. And they're there like this. And if looks could kill, I'd been dead. And I'm sitting on the platform and Jeff, my assistant, was leading. And I thought, God, I'm not going to look at this. I went down and sat on the front row. And I went like this. God, if you don't do something, we're finished. Because the app the, was like a thick blanket over the place. And Jeff had started to lead this little chorus when I started to move down. Cover me, cover me, extend the border of thy mantle over me. For thou art my nearest kinsman. Cover me. We sang it once and then he started to sing it again. And, and got, cover me, cover me, extend the border. And it was as if someone was standing beside him who said, Now. And the, I don't know how many in the congregation started doing this. No one knew that I'd been doing that in the church. But then it goes bang, bang. And then the feet bang, bang, bang. And I don't know how long it went. And then suddenly this thing, in the, this atmosphere uh, broke. Pooh! And as it broke, they burst into singing in the spirit. Yeah. And from that time we saw 50 to 60 people come to the Lord in a couple of months. Just, And they were coming right. from all over Australia. <laughs> we had a breakthrough, a real breakthrough. Yeah. That's that was good, Rich Haven. That's a good, it's a Rich Haven. <laughs> but boy, it was a doozy before that happened. And so you settled in Adelaide for a while. We were there for... Four years, I think it was. And then again. And then again. Shift. Well, what happened then, um, there's a whole heap of other stuff relevant to that. But um, I really felt I'd gone, I'd, I'd gone from Ridgehaven to uh, Brisbane to, for two churches to I'd resigned from Ridgehaven yep. and I'd, I'd um, gone to, to Brisbane to um, – one church for two weeks to look after it for the pastor to go away on holidays mm -hmm. and then to go up to Gladstone for another two weeks to let the pastor go away for holidays. And I felt the Lord just share, I will tell you what the next step is for me. Yeah. And so I got to Gladstone and I unpacked the stuff and I sat down on my bed and, and I said, well, Lord, I, 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 really, I want to know because we'd finished with the church and I didn't know what we were doing. And um, I got this scripture in the Psalms. Promotion cometh neither from the south, uh, the south, the east or the west. Yes. And I had a, a call to either Brisbane, the church that I first looked after for two weeks, to establish a Bible school. Yeah. And then the other was in Townsville to establish a Bible school. Mm. And this scripture north. So that's where we went. Townsville. From Ridgehaven in Adelaide to Townsville. 
Mm. And you established the school there. We established Rema Bible College Townsville, yes. Yeah. Rema. Rema. Mm. Wow. Or Rema. Yeah, Rema, yeah. And then at the same time, we pioneered a church on Magnetic Island. Wow. What a, mm. an adventure. Well, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And by now, you were in full time ministry. Oh, yeah. Rich Haven was full time. Yeah. South Australia. Yeah. Wayla was full time. Yeah. And then uh, you established the Townsville College, mm -hmm. Bible College. How long were you in Townsville for? About four years. So now the boys are growing up. Mm. They're uh, surfing, they're having fun. They're not surfing, no. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just There's no, no surfing in Townsville. There's no surfing. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was a, an AOG Bible College, Rima? Yes. Was a campus from uh, Sydney or? No, we started, it was. Uh, we, we were the forerunners to starting church Bible schools. Okay. So when I was in Adelaide, um, the pastors, AOG pastors used to meet every January for a week up in what was called Cudlickery campsite. Yeah. And I'd prepared what I called mini Bible school. I'd mm -hmm. set up a whole curriculum and I was going to run a Bible school in, in the Ridgehaven Church. And when I put it to, to the guys, because we used to discuss our plans for the following year. Yeah. And they said, look, we really need that. Yeah. And so I said, look, if, if that's the case, I'm quite happy to stop what I'm doing and to join Focus forces. So the outcome of that, because I was younger, um, we started Maranatha Bible School uh, and I became dean, one of the dean of students, uh, Pastor Bill Hilberg, um, Dennis Smith. Dennis Smith became the principal. Bill Hilberg and I became deans. And we, we got Maranatha Bible School going, which became Paradise School of Ministries. Wow. So that's, that's a spin-off. Great foundations. So we started that. And then when I went to Townsville, I started the Rama Bible College. Um, Is it still in, going? In, not as far as I know, no. no. When did you get back to Perth? Well, after Townsville, we finished in Townsville in 81, I think it was. And that was then again, I was seeking God as to where to go. Mm -hmm. And um, I got a scripture, this uh, in uh, 1 John. I remember the scripture. I got the name Faith Chapel, which came out of it. Yes. Right? And um, I really felt God caused to come back to Perth. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was interesting. Both for Lorraine. Well, was, yeah, it was interesting. I was out on the we, – we actually um, – Calvary Temple purchased 100 acres of land mm -hmm. and we established – David Cartledge was a senior pastor. I was an associate pastor and principal of the college. And um, we had the Bible college. We had the at school plus the church. Wow. And we initially there built the largest AOG church in Australia at that time about 1,500 people. Amazing. Um, but I was out on this 100 acres of land, yeah, which is um, uh, half a mile by a mile. So we had plenty of room Space. to move, right? Yeah. And I'm out there praying, and it was about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and the sun was setting in the west. And suddenly I just felt, yeah. And I saw the sun setting. And I shouted out, Perth, I'm coming. Yep. Perth, I'm coming. And we came by faith. We re resigned. We came to establish a church and a Bible college. Yes. And um, 
So the first 12 months we were um, living by faith, literally. Yeah. And we started in Belcada, mm -hmm. in Corbusia Place in Belcada. And that's a story in itself. <laughs> there's, there's stories everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm just... Yeah. Um, yeah, the, that was an interesting one. We, we applied to use the building for church purposes and we got knocked back. From the Shire mm, Council. From the Sterling Council. And uh, what happened, we, uh, I spoke with Pastor Don Rogers because he, he, we kept in good relationship. Um, he's passed on now. And um, I went down to see him in the Gateway Christian Fellowship in Aberdeen Street in yes. North Perth, right? And he says, oh, come with me. So he goes into the house opposite him and there's Peter Rose, Pastor Peter Rose. And uh, he wasn't a pastor at that time, but he was a sterling uh, counsellor. And he says, oh, uh, uh, appeal, appeal, and I'll watch and see yeah. it through. So he, afterwards we got approval. Wow. So he told us the story. He'd gone to the council meeting and they're discussing, you know, do we do, and we came up and the answer was once again, no. We, no, we won't, we won't accept. But the following thing was that they wanted a, an a application for a brothel huh. in Belcada. Yes. So Peter Rose then piped up and said, you're willing to let a brothel in, but you won't let a church in? And the reply was, oh, they'll create too much traffic. And so Peter Rose said, mm, which would create the greatest amount of traffic, a church or a brothel? Oh, well, Pastor Fred can have it as if it's a club. So we were accepted as faith club. <laughs> so that was the beginning. Uh, so we were there for some time. Um, and then we, uh, Lorraine, my wife, she was burdened. She said, we need to get a property. Yeah. And so she started looking around and we came to the United Church and they had two properties that were available. One was the Yokine Church and the other was Nolamara Church. So this well, was a Uniting Church? It church. was a Uniting Church, yeah. But it was before that it was a Presbyterian Church. Oh. And one of my church board members was... Presbyterian minister he had been. Yes. So we knew how much this property was worth um, and so on. And we, we said this was the one we felt was more conducive to the church and the El Shadow Bible College. And so uh, we called the meeting and we met them in the hall, yes. in the, especially the small one, the asbestos yes. one. And I'd been praying about it and one of my board members had said, well, we can really knock them down in price and uh, get a good deal, and I wasn't happy about that. Mm -hmm. And I started praying about it, and I felt the Lord say to me that we should say, "We be brethren." How much do you want for it? Yeah. And so when we met met them, I reached out, shook them, the chairperson's hand, and said, "We be brethren. How much do you want for the building?" Oh, oh, uh, mm, uh, mm, hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Would that be okay? If that is what you want for it, that's what that's it'll what it be. Is. Yeah. Does it include the house across the road? Because the manse was over the road. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, so we bought the church and the, the manse. manse over the road yeah. Yeah. for $120,000. And so then he said, well, do you have any, do you have a, a deposit? No. Oh. Well, we'll, we'll give you three months 
to raise that to, up. to rent, and that will cover as a deposit, and we'll finance it. Whoa! So we bought the church in the manse for hundred twenty thousand dollars with no money. With no money. God's work done God's way never lacks God's supply. And so we were rejoicing in that. And then later on, this property became available. We'd already made arrangements with yes. them to to have first bid on this property. The house. And by the way, the other property on the other side, you have first opportunity as well. Is that still there? That the house was right next door. Yeah. Open the back door. That house, we had approached them and they'd approved that if they sell, the church, that we, the first the church has first up buy. buy. Wow. And then also what is more, there's at the back here, they, they put down sewage, deep yes. sewage. Yeah. They were going to cut right across at the back of the church. Mm. And I appealed and said, listen, we want to buy that property and extend the building because you can double yeah. it again. And so they said, oh, okay. So they came up to the dog to leg the, and did a dog leg yeah. at the back. So oh, we can still buy that land. And not have to. And not yeah. have to worry about the deep sewage. Yeah. Uh, clever. Wise Praise man. God. Praise God. Mm. That's good. You mm. told me that. Mm. I need to get you here to negotiate so we can buy this property again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh that's an idea. Moment. Yeah, that's an idea. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this property is bought under the uh, AOG title. It was. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Mm. And you established El Shaddai Bible College. Mm. We saw, counting correspondence students, about 969 students. Nice. Mm. So this was called Faith Chapel. Then. Mm. Mm. Uh, At the beginning. And, and yeah, we, it's been good. And, and what is interesting, you know, back in 1973, when I was in Ridgehaven, I felt the Lord speak to me to believe for one in the ministry for every year I've been in the ministry. And I give him the praise, I have that. One per, one. More. I have more than that. Praise God. I've been 55 years in ministry, but I have more than that. Hallelujah. Praise God for it. He's faithful. Yeah. He answers prayer. Now your children, I know Chris is in ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, he's establishing a church now. Mm -hmm. He established a, he's very entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. He opened a, a wonderful ministry here in Perth, mm -hmm. helping a lot of people, employing a lot of people mm -hmm. and doing great things. Mm -hmm. They're about to get a new place mm -hmm. soon. Mm. And they're working on that, mm. and that's exciting. Uh, what's Steve doing? Steve is in Sydney, and he's uh, uh, IT. Okay. IT, um, more than a buff. He's, he's, he's brilliant at it. Yeah. Mm. Is he with the Lord? Is he following the Lord? Not so sure at the moment. Mm -hmm. mm. And you have grandkids? Six. Wow. Three of each or three from Four each? Four and two. Four from Chris? No, two from Chris. Two from Chris and four, four from, from Steve. Steve. Mm. Oh, beautiful, mm. beautiful. Mm. And at the moment, you are um, assisting, you're helping Steve with the ministry there? Not Steve. Uh, no. Sorry, Chris. No, we, we, we're in Rivervale. Yes. And we. Well, you, you live in Menorah, don't you? Yes. But you're in it's Rivervale only, at the ministry? Yes, yeah, only 15 minutes. Drive over the new yeah. bridge? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we. Um, the, the, <laughs> there's so much that, that's happened or has gone on. So we came back to Perth in 2010 this time because Lorraine's father 
was a double amputee mm. and he, her mother was a 24-7 carer. Mm-hmm. Now, when we were in Adelaide this time, that time, from about 2003 to 2010, um, how do I explain it? In 1995, the 17th of February, I was held up with a double barrel shotgun. I'd finished uh, with with the church here and the Bible college, um, and we were waiting for our son Stephen to get married in the May. Mm-hmm. So we decided we would wait and then get him married, and then we would move east. Yes. So I got a job pouring petrol in the Dianella uh, Ampol service station, corner of Walter Road and Grand Prom. Mm-hmm. It was there, five minutes past midnight, I was held up with a double barrel shotgun. Now, I had been shot at in Adelaide, and they think the two things came together, telescoped together, and, and, and also what compounded was if I'd have been uh, with a gun, I'd have killed him. And so I felt I wasn't practicing what I preach, but also I was. PSTD, uh, raving lunatic. How my wife put up with me, I never know. Um, so that was a, a problem. Uh, where am I going with that? So I was then involved in other other things, doing um, just working. <laughs> it's hard to try and put it all together. Um, so coming out of the hold-up, yes. because I was working as a petrol console operator, yes. they didn't know what I had been or was. Yes. So they said to me, well, we can retrain you if you want. <laughs> so I, I'd be a full-time student if I could, so I want to be retrained. And so what happened was they uh, retrained me to be a quality manager. Mm. So then I did quality management, but my youngest son, Stephen, was here in Perth and he was the quality manager for John Hughes, yes. Skipper Mitsubishi, Daihu, yes. Hyundai, Titan, Ford, Daihatsu. They had all these uh, yeah. uh, quality-assured companies, yeah. right? So I was retrained to be a quality manager, so I went and did my work experience with Stephen, because and we so. combined all of those into one quality system. Nice. So I cut my teeth on that, and then I moved into um, MITS Manager Information Technological Services. Uh, with quality management, and uh, then I moved from there into ERG, becoming a technical writer, yeah. quality manager, a <laughs> trainer, etc. So there's all sorts of things going on. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and as I look back now, it has led me to a whole heap of other areas that I would never have been, at, would never would have, if I hadn't have had that holder. You know, all things work together for good to them who yeah. love God yep. and are the called according to his purpose. Wow. And what's the purpose? The next verse, that we might be conformed to the image Jesus of his Christ. son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so I, I've, I've learned something new and, and I mean, yes. a broader area and I can help people a lot better. Wow. And I'm more sympathetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So That's beautiful. where do I go with that? Back to Rivervale. Back to Rivervale. So we, from ERG with the quality management, then I was asked to become a national manager with WorkRight Australia, mm-hmm. which was in Adelaide. So I went uh, there and um, 
it was a registered training organisation. Um, didn't know anything about the vet sector, yes. but soon learnt yes. and helped them gain five more new qualifications. Mm. And then the background to that also was that we, my wife was working with them as well. We weren't being paid mm. for six months. So we resigned. Yeah. And that's where then I created my own RTO, Registered Training Organisation Training in Cert 3, Aged Care, Community Care, Disability Work, Palliative Care, Senior First Aid and Frontline Management. Wow. Now, what we did, what we're doing here, Collective Hope Disability, that's the foundation I brought across with all the paperwork and the, the management system. Establishing mm. the RTO mm. and the management. Yeah. And so then we came back in 2010 to help mum out with that. But he passed away before we could really help. Mm. So what happened then, uh, we were with Chris in Mount Lawley for a, a little, a short while, and then Balladura, we start. the Balladura had been the church that Chris was yes. at before, so we went out there to try and get things going on that. We were there for, oh, I can't remember how long, and um, we, we had to close that down because, uh, blah, blah, blah. This, uh, it's all right. This, this is going on. On another uh, tangent. Another tangent, but... Uh, it's disclosing too much personal information yeah. for people. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Uh, we we had a, a we had a murder take place. Just oh. put it at that. And rather than the news getting hold of that, we closed the the church down. Yeah. So we started a small house church at Woodvale for just a couple of weeks, and then what happened? The, um, the pastor in Northern passed away. So I started with my wife and, and two others to go to Northern every Sunday to keep the church open. Wow. So we did that for probably about three years, I think. Nice. Uh, hard, hard yakker it was. Long drive. A long, yeah. An hour, um, 15 minutes. But I love driving anyway. So, yeah. You know, good excuse to get away. Good excuse. <laughs> and then uh, what happened when um, we were able that's another story again, you see. We were ministering down in Pingley and um, after the service, there's this strange-looking guy with a hat and a beard and, uh, and, and in the meeting, and after the service he comes up to Lorraine and he says, I, know, I think I know your sister. Yeah. And, and Lorraine says, that's me. <laughs> Warren was one of my students here. Yes. He lived with us. Yes. And, and here we met him, and we were driving home, and Lorraine says, he's the pastor for Northern. Praise God. So he's pastoring Northern. So when he moved in, we moved out. Yeah. And that's when we started at, at Rivervale. Nice. And it was interesting with Rivervale, 2019. Uh, or 20, 2000. Just before COVID. Uh, well, the, the, the Saturday, we put out 600 pamphlets to start the new work, and COVID was the following week. <laughs> just. So it was just a wipeout in yeah. some ways. I had, the, I had a small team there, um, and then, of course, we started to get going a little bit, and then, of course, I'm wiped out further with a abdominal aneurysm, oh. a triple A, they call it, the, the, the vein that comes up and in here. That's where... It's a, it breaks into a V. Yeah. Right? That's where it burst. 
uh, your aorta should be 2.5 centimetres. Mine was 10.5. <gasps> when they opened me at birth, I lost four units of blood. I had a heart attack, had pneumonia, and I was uh, 14 days intubated and um, eight weeks in hospital. Whoa. And called the miracle man. Survived it all. Mm. And then what happened, I came out for a week, had a fall, and sprung another leak. So they uh, took me back in. More hospital time. Yeah, did some more. And then they put stents in my legs as well because they were dying. And um, praise God. Praise God we're in Australia. Mm. What's next for Chris Fred? Oh, uh, for John Fred. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. In some ways, in others, I, I really feel to mentor yeah. uh, pastors. And um, we've also involved with Dynamic Church Planting International. Beautiful. Which your goal to be is believing for five million churches to be planted. Amen. And uh, rejoicing in that. So we, I've helped um, set that up for use in Bible colleges. Nice. And we've started to see that going to Bible colleges. Equipping uh, their, their materials, yeah. which is translated to numbers of languages. Wow. A good program. So that's one aspect. Um, plus a whole heap of other stuff. This is exciting. Mm. And you're 76 mm. and counting. Mm. And you're still excited about serving God. Oh, amen. Amen. Not bored. No, no. Not bored. Never. Never. We'll have you preach soon in our church as well. Well, folks, we're going to have to wrap this up, but I mean, we could have gone on and on. Uh, John's got some many stories, some many wonderful stories that he's just happy to share. What a beautiful story. What a life. Amazing life. And everything's uh, up and going, and the hope is Amen. just as alive as it was when he first uh, met the Lord. No, it's I'm just better. wonderful to meet people who, even in the late 70s, are still you know, adventurous and loving God and serving Him and believing for more and more churches, Bible colleges, and of course, believers. Mm. Praise God for that. Amen. I really pray that this inspires you. And uh, maybe some of you get reignited to get back on track mm. with your ministry Amen. and to equip and release others Amen. in the work of ministry. Mm. We love this, uh, this story, and I hope you love it too, and uh, share it with others so many can be blessed. We look forward to seeing you next week at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. My name is Nathaniel Costia. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate, and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.